In a world where sports rule the airways, there are two who dare to break from the norm. It's time for The Movie Zone, starring Austin Horton and Johnny Lightfoot, now playing on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Happy Rivalry Week edition of The Movie Zone. Everything is going on on the Zone Sports Network these days. Utah State coverage, BYU and Utah coverage, Jazz are gearing up, uh, the Bees are ramping down. Mm. Everything is on all at the same time, and that means that myself, Austin Horton, and you, Johnny Lightfoot, yes, sir. we get slated at nighttime, we way get, nighttime. We get every, we, we're just jumped to the back. It's okay. It's fine. I noticed that the concert and music zone played at the regular time this week. Well, you know, it's special. <laughs> so it's the new kid in town. It is. It's the it's the sexy uh, exchange student. I, I think that's going to change though, because uh, right now there's not a lot that goes on Wednesday nights, so it kind of works out perfect that way. The bees don't typically play on Wednesday, but I think next year every game is a Wednesday night. Is it really? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're only oh, yeah. playing Wednesdays. Yeah, only Wednesdays. Six, six games on every <laughs> yep, Wednesday. That's it. Yeah. Every Wednesday, six games. So, you know, it's just it's the movie zone's turn. Sun up to sundown. B's baseball. Can you do imagine? Uh, no. How, how, how could A, the players survive that? B, Clowkey. How it's, would he get through it? <laughs> We're going to have a quadruple header today. <laughs> Sit back and relax. You're here for eight hours of baseball. Oh, man. Okay. Well, we do have a lot to get One. done today on do we? the movie zone. Our buddy Larry, and I, I'm going to, can I kind of let this cat out of the yeah, bag? Go for it. He sent you and I an email saying, I can't believe this, but we have 23 new movies coming out in the next two weeks. That's ridiculous. That's totally ridiculous. That's I don't know how they're going to fit them all in. I don't. I don't know either. I don't know how you and I are going to fit them all in. How we're going to see all of these movies. Yeah. Uh, well, we're not. Let's just be real. I'm not. Yeah, I know. There's no way I, I'm going to be able to do that. So, But... Uh, along those lines, Johnny, Megaplex had a record. Oh, did they ever? A record-breaking Labor Day weekend. Uh, not only was the previous Labor Day weekend uh, record shattered, uh, but especially <laughs> at Megaplex, uh, he said uh, Larry said it was a record-breaking weekend. Not pandemic record-breaking, but the all-time Labor Day weekend record did go down as Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings grossed over $90 million over the four-day weekend. The previous yeah. record was way below that at $30 million, and it was for a garbage Halloween remake. Yeah, when I read that, I was really surprised that that movie had a record. Like, it held that record. That's strange, especially Labor Day. That's usually a big movie release weekend. That's, that's amazing. So, $90 million over the four-day weekend, and you... My friend saw Shang-Chi in the Ten Rings. I did. And, you know, I got to be honest, I'm not surprised by those numbers. Um, Marvel was very smart to release Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings on that weekend. There was not tons going on that weekend, and it was just huge, and everyone's craving a new Marvel. And we don't want any more of the old Marvel. We want new Marvel, right? We want to know what's going on in this Phase 4. And, wow, I tell you, this movie is awesome. Great movie. The fight scenes are unbelievable. Watching the fight scenes, Austin, was like watching a awesome man. I'm gonna I know what you're gonna say here, but an awesome choreographed dance. It mm. was just unbelievable how cool it was. So I've seen a lot of people say this is their favorite Marvel movie ever. 
A uh, lot of people have said that. No, not mine. Okay. No. Uh, and I don't know when or if I'll ever see it. Well, you're not a Marvel head like the rest of us, so I'm you're, so you're fed up. Marvel. I'm my favorite, my favorite Marvel is Thor Ragnarok, and that's going to be <laughs> hard to beat. That because it's just comedic genius from top to bottom. It's funny. It literally makes me laugh out loud. Shang Chi was awesome, though. Don't get me wrong. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Go to a Megaplex, see this movie. You're going to love it. And. Uh, I'm excited to see what's coming out next. I mean, they've moved a few other movies. Or I'm sorry, I haven't moved a few other movies. A few other movies are coming out that's going to further the Marvel Phase 4 story this year. So I'm excited for that as well. Thor Ragnarok uh, was recently voted that it has the five best seconds in cinema history. The five best seconds? What, what are they saying what it is? When Hulk picks up Thor and just, or uh, uh, Loki... And just slams his body back and forth, back and forth. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Isn't that? No, that's Ragnarok? that. Well, that's Avengers. Uh, that happened in Avengers. The first Avengers See, movie. There's too many Marvels, man. There's can't a lot of Marvels. Them, can't keep track of them. So, uh, but anyway, uh, I'm done with Marvel. Marvel, though, did really well over the weekend. I don't know that I'll ever come back. It's just. And now I, I for the first time ever, Johnny, I understand why people soured on Star Wars. For the first time ever, I'm I'm at least accepting of that. Okay. As so you a think they're just sick of it? It's too much. You got to know when to leave it on a high note. You got to leave us wanting more. Okay. And then, but really leave us. So what about like, I, I understand the whole Skywalker saga because that's what uh, all Star Wars have been based on. At least like The Mandalorian touched on it a little bit, but not a lot. But the new Star Wars movies coming out will not be on it. So will you have that same feeling towards those? I don't know. Because it's supposed to be total. It's not even a Skywalker saga. Yeah, I don't know. Um, see, the difference here is that we're talking nine movies in the Star Wars saga, right? Oh, yeah. I think we're at 30, something like that with what, Marvel, right? Yeah, close to, if not And over two that. more coming out this year with Spider-Man, so, uh, Far From Home, and uh, what's the other one? Uh, the Eternals. Yeah, so maybe we're almost there, but I'm at least now empathetic. Before, I was like, well, how could you be tired of Star Wars? It's not that hard to follow, but now I understand. If you're not really into it, it's hard to really follow and keep sure. it, keep track of all of it. So That being said, I'll see every Marvel movie and every Star Wars one. Take my money now. <laughs> that Spider-Man <laughs> win, that Spider-Man one looks like it's going to be an absolute failure, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I I've said this before on the show, but this whole multiverse that Marvel starting to open up is going to be either really cool or it's going to lose a lot of people, the casual Marvel viewer. Yeah, they've either got a really good idea or they've run out of ideas. Right. Yeah. All right, let's uh, start this week's edition of the Movie Zone, though, with a look back on the Sunday night movie night Movie Zone movie showdown. <laughs> I can never remember that name. I'm glad you say it all the time. Uh, well, I, I just <laughs> read it off the Twitter. Oh. <laughs> Sunday night movie night Movie Zone movie <laughs> showdown. Which is the better firefighter movie? Now, I sent this poll out. You did. This is not me. I had a very, very good reason why I was doing this. Okay. I, for the life of me, cannot remember why I wanted <laughs> to discuss firefighter movies. Well, look, you're a busy man. You've got like every show possible on this station. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're the only person that works harder is me. And Jake Hatch, <laughs> the doctor of podcasting. Doctor of podcast, Jake Hatch. He's everywhere all the time. He's like Santa Claus. I'm kidding about me working harder. I don't work nearly as hard as you. The other day we were on a Zoom call with BYU and there were two Jake Hatches. What? 
the, real, G- the real Jay Catch, and then me logged into his Zoom oh, here in the studio was, as Jay I was going to say, remember that movie Multiplicity? Yeah, I love that movie. Maybe yeah. uh, Jay Catch is secretly cloning, cloning himself. himself. Yeah. Uh, but we'll just say... Uh, as an homage, as a tip of the cap, as a thank you to the firefighters uh, on that uh, awful day 20 years ago that we're uh, commemorating the anniversary of. Maybe we'll say the, that's yeah. why we're doing the firefighter movies. That's a great excuse. That's not why it was. There was a reason. Was it have anything to do with the fires in California? Or? No, no. No? No. But Can't remember. Whatever huh? the reason was. It's not better than, than a tip of the cap to those who give their lives. Absolutely so, true. I asked... Which is the better firefighter movie, Backdraft or Only the Brave? Now, hmm. there's a problem inherent in the question. Everybody knows of, if not has seen, Backdraft. You are correct. Not a lot of people know of or saw Only the Brave, and that's a shame because it's phenomenal. Hmm. So I knew that this result was going to be... Landslide-ish. Weighted. Okay. It's not quite landslide in terms of, I mean, we've definitely had nine to ones before on this poll. Question, okay, sure. On this showdown, they're usually mine. Uh, we only had <laughs> eighty-nine votes this week, which is about a third of what we usually get on this. Okay, but with sixty-four percent of the vote, Backdraft was voted better movie. Only the Brave got thirty-six percent of the vote. What I would like to do, and it's impossible, is take out those who voted for Backdraft because they hadn't seen Only the Brave. Sure, and they know that movie. They've at least heard of that movie. Yeah, well, I'd like to see someone who has seen both, which movie they prefer. Because for me, I would say only The Brave is better than Backdraft. That one's newer, correct? It is. It's just a couple years old. Yeah, uh, it's about forest fires. Right, forest firefighters. Right, right, right. Uh, it's a true story based out of I think Montana. Anyway, uh, Backdraft wins the Sunday night movie night movie zone movie showdown of the better firefighter movies. Not shocked, but like yeah. you said, I think it's more people just know that movie. That was Kurt Russell, if I'm not mistaken. It was, right? yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, all right, let's dive into the seven new movies coming out this week, Johnny. Like you mentioned, there are 23 over the next 14 days coming our way. Here's seven of them. Man, unbelievable. <laughs> next week, we may only have time for the new movies on the show. <laughs> right, be all there's the so many. All right, uh, why don't you get us started? What's our first new release this week? Malignant, a rated R horror mystery directed by James Wan, who you may know him from Saw, Insidious, Aquaman. No wonder that Aquaman was Three movie movies I dislike. <laughs> Starring Annabelle Wallace, Maddie Hasen, and George Young. All right. Madison is paralyzed by shocking visions of murders, grisly murders. There we go. And her tolerant. Torment? No, her torment. See, I don't. I gotta put my glasses on again, Austin. Hold on, hold on. All right. And her torment worsens as she discovers that these walking dreams are in fact terrifying realities. I watched the trailer for this. Basically, she's seeing the murder as it happens, and she's not in the room, but she's asleep. Yeah. Or is she wait? Oh no, it says waking dreams. Yeah. So yeah. So it's so like she's a, like an oracle. It's kinda yeah. She's but she's like sitting in a room happen. and she's like having a vision. But she can't do anything. She can't to do anything it. about it. No, it's somewhere else in the city. I'm glad it's her and not me. And not giving anything away, it kind of traces back to her childhood. Does it? Yes. Weird. Uh, Who knew? You know, you mentioned James Wan having done Saw, Insidious, and then that Aquaman that doesn't fit there. Aquaman. Yes. Uh, you know what you're getting from a James Wan horror film. 
You're going to not sleep the night you see this. This looked, watching the trailer, this looked really cool, special effects-wise. Um, definitely when she was morphing into the dreams and seeing the murders, the, the what they did with the CGI looked really, really cool. And this is available in D-Box motion seating. This might be a fun one to see in that. Yeah, if you're a glutton for uh, punishment yeah. and uh, sadistic in mind, well, Go tis- ahead and pretend you're uh, <laughs> Madison witnessing awful grisly murders well, Austin, in the D-Box motion seating. Tis the season for the movies you dislike the most. <laughs> We're getting there. Yes. We really are. All right. The one I'm most excited about this week we'll talk about next, a rated R action drama thriller or a uh, ex-drama thriller. Drama. Uh, drama. Uh, riller yeah, We'll work on that. Starring Oscar Isaac, Tiffany Haddish, Ty Sheridan, and Willem Dafoe, it is called The Card Counter. Redemption is the long game in Paul Schrader's The Card Counter. Told with Schrader's trademark cinematic intensity, the revenge thriller tells the story of an ex-military interrogator turned gambler haunted by the ghosts of his past decisions. Mm -hmm. It has action, Mm -hmm. drama, thrills, and revenge, your favorite. Throw in some cool card tricks and, ga- and gambling games. Card counting. I'm there, buddy. Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe's incredible. I love Oscar Isaac. Of course. Speaking uh, of Star Wars. Yeah. If, yeah. Right. Uh, so the card counter, uh, rated R, is the big one for me this week, and that got me thinking, Johnny. What are some very good? What are the best gambling involved movies? Ooh. Movies that involve gambling. Get on Twitter at Austin Horton, at Johnny Lightfoot1, at Zone Sports Net, and give us your answers. What are some good movies that involve gambling? We'll get to your responses coming up in segment two. But The Card Counter, you going to go see this? Is it interesting I, yeah, this is, this is interesting to me for sure. Just for the fact that Willem Dafoe's in it. I love all of his movies. I love his acting. Yes, even the Spider-Mans he was in, he was still good. He was the only good thing in, the, right. in that movie. But I love... I love him as an actor. I just think he's great. So I would see it just based on that. Not even mentioning Oscar Isaac and Tiffany Haddish in this movie, which is going to be great. And the fact that it is, yes, it deals with uh, checkered past, but learning how to count cards in that checkered past. Yeah, right, right. Kind of cool. Also written by Paul Schrader, as it mentioned, who has done such Martin Scorsese films as Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, Bringing Out the Dead. He writes a good thriller screenplay. So... The card counter, uh, it might be awful, but it looks really good. I don't think it's going to be awful. I think it's going to be good. I really do. All right. Tell us about the next uh, new feature out this week. Well, this is more up your alley than mine. Show Me the Father, PG faith-based documentary. Everyone has a unique father story, whether positive or painful. It's always personal and can deeply affect the core of our identity and direction of our lives. Featuring a variety of amazing true stories, this captivating movie takes audiences of all ages on an inspiring and emotional cinematic journey, providing a fresh perspective on the roles of fathers in today's society. Show Me the Father invites you to think differently about how you view your earthly father and how you personally relate to God. Personal note on here. One so of this the, is from Larry. This is from Larry. Way. Yes, not me. Personal note from Larry. One of the most amazing stories from this film involves a football coach and his personal relationship to college and NFL players throughout his career. Yeah, uh, that coach's name, I believe, is Sherman Edwards. Mm-hmm. And he has worked with some of the most incredible running backs in NFL history, like Eddie George, uh, and, and helped them 
shape their lives. He has a quote uh, where he, in the trailer that he talks about, you might be a really good football player, but if you're a piece of crap husband, father, and society, member of society, what good is it to be good at football? So that's kind of what good the point. idea of yeah, this movie that's is. That's a good, so, good point. A faith-based documentary made just for the likes of Johnny Lightfoot. Well, and it is. I, I watched the trailer for this, too. You do see like some acting, and you actually do see real footage, which is, is really interesting. So don't go in expecting to see like a cinematic cin- cinematic version of this. There's definitely documentary aspects to it, which is why it says faith-based documentary. And it's from the Kendrick Brothers. They 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 have a faith-based movie company uh, in Georgia, I believe, mm-hmm. and all of their movies deal in Christianity. So they're evangelical Christians. They do good movies, but it is for certain people. Others sure. won't like it. That's, yeah, that's great. All right, another documentary out this week at Megaplex Theaters uh, called The Alpinist. Mark Andre Leclerc, I believe he's French Canadian, so I probably butchered that. Mark Andre Leclerc <laughs> climbs alone, far from the limelight. It's Leclerc, by the way. <laughs> okay, on remote alpine faces, the free-spirited 23-year-old Canadian makes some of the boldest solo ascents in history. Yet he draws scant attention. No cameras, no rope, no margin for error. Leclerc's approach is the essence of solo adventure. Nomadic and publicity shy, he doesn't own a phone or a car, is reluctant to let a film crew in on his pure vision of climbing, but veteran filmmaker Peter Mortimer set out to make a film about Leclerc, but struggles to keep up with his elusive subject. Then Leclerc embarks on a historic adventure in Patagonia that will redefine what is possible in solo climbing. Did you see Free Solo? I was just going to say, this sounds like I've seen this already with Free Solo. And the, both of them are adverse to publicity, adverse to technology, adverse to yeah. attention. Mm-hmm. They want to do it just for the sake of doing it. Yep. Seems like this has been done, but someone saw Free Solo and went, well, what about Marc-Andre Leclerc? He does this too. Let's make a movie about him. Yeah. So if you definitely like Free Solo, you may have already seen this movie. But if you are still a fan of that, it's probably worth checking out for sure. I don't know if I, I will be seeing this one. I'll see it eventually, I believe, but probably not uh, run out to the theater this week and see it. Yeah. Ooh, I'm excited. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Yes, I'm excited about this next one. I've been talking just recently saying we need a good Western. Okay. And Hollywood, listen to me, Austin. Well, they're, they're giving you a Western. Who knows if it's good? Right. Well, let's just assume it is. Okay. <laughs> it's called Catch the Bullet, a rated R Western action drama starring Jay Pickett, Peter Facinelli. Okay. <laughs> Right? Facinelli. Facinelli. <laughs> Peter Facinelli. Tom, I don't know. And Tom Skerritt. <clears throat> wow. Uh, Britt McMaster, a U.S. Marshal who rarely brings them back alive, returns home from the trail to discover his 12-year-old son, Chad, has been kidnapped by outlaws, Jet, Jed Blake and his gang. Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, uh, a guy that is rough around the edges maybe, but... Yeah. You don't man. know it. His kid gets kidnapped and he goes after him. Well, I saw, I watched the preview to this and it took me a minute to recognize Tom Skerritt. And that's who the boy gets taken from. I see. And uh, of course, the outlaw's missing an eye. And, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's typical stuff. But I have been craving a Western and it looks like we have one. Tom Skerritt played the dad in A River Runs Through It, right? Oh, yeah. For those who might wonder who that is. So. Fried green tomatoes. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, uh, top Gun. Oh, yeah. Hello. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, I'll see this. I love westerns. Yeah. And I love revenge. Okay. So this is like John Wick meets a western, and instead of a dog, it's your son. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Got it. Yeah. Dating in New York is up next, a PG-13 rom-com starring Turtle from Entourage, Jerry Ferrara, Francesca Real, Jabuki Young-White. Once upon a time in New York City, they swiped right. After an electric one-night stand, two New York millennials draw up a friends with benefits contract to avoid the pitfalls of their past relationships. This is your date night movie of the week. It's oh, yeah. probably not great. Yeah, I think it's going to be, you can expect a pretty much a standard rom-com. rom-com. I think you're going to, two friends probably end up falling in love. You'll roll your eyes. You'll laugh. You've seen it. You'll have your heartbreak. But you'll also love it at the same exactly. time. Exactly, yeah. You may never see it again, but I think you'll enjoy your night out. Oh, you'll see it again. It'll just have a different title <laughs> and uh, different actors in it. All right, three more new movies this week, Johnny. Yeah, I'm kind of laughing at this next one. The Manson Brothers Midnight Zombie Massacre. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to love this. I'm not. Rated R horror comedy starring D.B. Sweeney, Randy Coulter, and Adrian Pestar. Randy Couture, the, the, the what wrestler. Said? What did I say? Randy Coulter. It looks like Coulter to me. Oh, that's Couture. a T. Randy Couture. Like Minky Couture. Right. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Well, but you he's are a wrestler. correct. Okay. Wrestler's most hated tag team, the Manson Brothers, yeah. now in the twilight of their careers and... Re- what is that word? Relegated? Thank you. That's a big word for me. Relegated to doing smaller wrestling promotions. Take a midnight cage match on Halloween night, only to find themselves trapped in the arena with wrestlers and fans infected with, yes, zombie virus. All right. That's enough. Don't read the rest of it. Right? Yeah. All right. Uh, Larry Notes, think zombie land meets world wrestling wwe yeah i think this is going to be one of those movies where you've seen everything else and you want to go see a movie this is what's up you want to laugh out loud at something that's ridiculous if it's got Zombieland, though i will love it aj salveson and his friends will love this movie nobody else will like this movie sorry not sorry Sorry, not sorry. Rated R comedy drama though starring john bernthal john poyano and shay wiggum is called small engine repair Frankie, Swaino, and Packy, who named these kids, are lifelong friends who share a love of the Red Sox, Rowdy Baz, (laughs) and Frankie's teenage data, Crystal. Whoa. But when Frankie invites his pals to a whiskey-fueled evening and asks them to do a wicked favor on behalf of the brash young woman they all adore, events spin wildly out of control. Based on Poyano's award-winning play, Small Engine Repair is a pitch-black comedic drama with a wicked twist. See, there's that word wicked. Wicked, of course, Boston. Wicked twist and a powerful exploration of brotherhood, class struggle, (laughs) and toxic masculinity, you bum. Sounds wicked bad. Sounds really, really terrible. Well, wicked bad is cool. Oh, oh, wicked, (laughs) wicked good. Wicked bad. Wicked bad. Wicked bad. A snickers bar. Yeah, that. Grab a Snickers bar and some popcorn and watch and small, my car engine, to the bar. small engine repair. <laughs> I can't do a Boston accent very well. That was well. pretty good. Was it? Yeah. All right. Uh, mine was terrible. So. <laughs> All right. And finally, a documentary to round things out here. The third documentary, The Lost Leonardo. 
uh, rated PG-13, as we just mentioned, documentary. The Lost Leonardo tells the inside story behind the Sal- Salvatore Mundi, the most expensive painting ever sold at $450 million. I wouldn't spend that much on a painting. I'm sorry, but I just <laughs> would not. That's Monson's type of money, and I don't have that, and nor would I. Yeah. Uh, okay. Claimed to be the long-lost masterpiece by Leonardo da Vinci. From the moment it is purchased from a shady New Orleans auction house... Why would you give a shady New Orleans auction house $450 million? If you think it's shady, I'm not giving them $1 million. And I love that it's just claimed to be a long-lost masterpiece. It's not even proven. Right. That's what I'm saying. Uh, anyway, from anyway. that moment, it's purchased by them. It's purchased by them, and the buyers discover masterful brokes, uh, brush strokes beneath its cheap restoration. The fate of the Sal- Salvatore Mundi is driven by an insatiable quest for fame, money, and power. I'm just going to end it there because it keeps going on about okay. all the same stuff. <laughs> the Lost Leonardo reveals how vested interests become all important and the truth secondary. Amazing. Well, I'm I'm assuming I'm not giving anything away, but if it's a documentary, I'm sure it's real. And I'm well, I oh, I was hoping that they they find out that they spent 450 million dollars on a fake. See what that says about our personalities right there? Oh, I would love <laughs> I would love nothing more than for rich people to lose 450 million dollars that they were wasting in the first place buying a picture with I it. I can see your point there for sure. You know how much good you could do in this world with $450 million? Instead, you're just buying a, a claimed-to-be-lost art masterpiece? Do you know how many guitars I could buy for that? <laughs> yeah, that's the good in the world I'm there talking about. There we're talking, yeah. <laughs> All right, to review seven new movies, The Lost Leonardo, Small Engine Repair, The Manson Brothers Midnight Zombie Massacre, <laughs> Dating and New York, Catch the Bullet, The Alpinist, Show Me the Father, The Card Counter, and Malignant. I really have to say, Austin, the first two, uh, Malignant Malignant, Malignant. and uh, The Card Counter, I think, are the gems of this week. And, I, and just for me, I'd throw in Show Me the Father for those who are so inclined. Although Catch the Bullet might be sneaky good. It might be sneaky good, but I think a for sure is The Card Counter. And speaking of The Card Counter... Coming up next, your poll question responses. Name us some good movies that involve gambling. On Twitter, at Austin Horton, at Johnny Lightfoot One, at Zone Sportsnet. We'll also have a soundtrack of the week and lesson in music history from the host of the Concert and Music Zone, Johnny Lightfoot. Hey there. Which you and uh, Trent got into some cool stuff this week. We did have I some didn't fun. know all that about Neil Peart and oh, yeah. how weirdo, what a weirdo he was. He just doesn't like. Well, he doesn't want the fame. He just wants to play drums. Kind of kind of comes off, as you guys said, a little snobbish. It can, for sure. Yeah, but, you know, appreciate your fans, but also I can understand why you, if you're an introvert, why that would suck. He's very much an introvert, and he would never show up at meet and greets, ever. Anyway. All, all right, coming up next, more of The Movie Zone here on The Zone. You're locked on to the Movie Zone with Austin Horton and Johnny Lightfoot on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, the Movie Zone. Yeah. Uh, you thought I was going to go somewhere else. <laughs> Austin Horton over there. I am Johnny Lightfoot. This is... Don't mind me. I'm just discoing. Right? They are kind of the kings of disco, aren't yeah. they? The Bee Gees, right? Let's get into a little Bee Gees here. The Bee Gees were a musical group formed in 1958 featuring three brothers, Barry, Robin, and Maurice Gibb. 
The trio were especially successful as a popular music act in the late 1960s. Uh-huh. And early 1970s, and later as prominent performers of, yes, the disco music era. The Bee Gees wrote all of their own hits, as well as writing and producing several major hits for other artists. The Bee Gees are also often referred to as the Disco Kings. Yeah. They have sold over 120 million albums worldwide, with estimates as high as over 220 million. Yeah, that's 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 big. Making them among the best-selling music artists of all time. They were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1997. The presenter of the award, Britain's first family harmony, Mr. Brian Wilson. You know oh, that guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the one who brought him in. He, of course, was the historical leader of the Beach Boys. Now, the BJ's Hall of Fame... Uh, citation says only Elvis Presley, the Beatles, Michael Jackson, Garth Brooks, and Paul McCartney have outsold the Bee Gees with nine number one hits on the Billboard Top 100. The Bee Gees are the third most third most successful band in Billboard charts history, behind the Beatles. Can you guess the second one? No, the Supremes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What What's the movie tie-in with the Bee Gees? Well, it's going to be our throwback. Revealed in segment three. Revealed in segment three. The only one I can think of right off the top of my head is The Sandlot. Okay. In the jungle, the mighty jungle. Isn't that the Bee Gees? Uh, no. It's not? I don't think that's the Bee Gees. Who sings that? I don't think it is. The Lion Sleeps Tonight? What should come to mind is uh, they did the opening song for Grease. Yeah, oh, they wow. should they should come up with the opening song of Grease. They did the movie Staying Alive with Travolta and Saturday Terrible. Night Fever. Terrible. Yeah, right? everyone loves that those movies and they're awful. <laughs> A good soundtrack if you like disco. But yeah, anyway. they are the kings of disco. Even though I don't think they're the best di- disco band. Who is the best disco band? The the silent one. <laughs> the one that's not being played is that the what you're that saying? Doesn't do disco. Yeah. <laughs> Kiss when they did. Uh, uh, I was made for loving you. Kissco, as we call that. That's just one song, man. No, I would probably go with maybe Casey and the Sunshine Band. Oh, uh, Okay. Not uh, who sings Brick House? Oh, uh, you know they were like a one-hit wonder, if I'm not mistaken. She's a brick. How the Commodores? That's right. They're not a one-hit wonder. Lionel Richie. Yes. Wow, Lionel Richie used to have some sweet hair. Anyway, all right, band of soundtrack of the week and this week's lesson in music history, the Bee Gees. The Bee Gees. All right, time for your moment in the sun here on the Movie Zone. Hop on Twitter, at Austin Horton, at Johnny Lightfoot One. Each and every week, play along with us. Our poll question this week, uh, in honor of The Card Counter, starring Oscar Isaac, Willem Dafoe, among uh, Tiffany Haddish, among others, what are some good movies that involve gambling? Johnny, do you have an answer in mind? I do. Okay. Do you want to give it first or last? Uh, See if someone else says it, or do you want to go first? I'll, I'll go last if you want me to. I'll well, go last. Well, I, I'd like you to go, go first. first. Okay. Yeah. Molly's Game. Molly's Game. I So Jessica Chastain. Yes. Uh, based on a true story. Mm-hmm. Rave reviews. Everybody seems to have loved it. I yep. still have not seen it. Really? Yeah. You need to see this movie. It's great. Uh, it, it, it's... 
it looks really good. And what is the premise? It's a it's a true story where this woman sets up an underground gambling underground ring gambling, yeah, underground gambling, money. Ring, and she would get famous celebrities to come in, and it was very high stakes. Uh, so there you go. And some so there were a few that said that as well. But let's dive in. Zach Andrus says there's a good poker scene in Slapshot on the team bus. <laughs> I'd give you a link, but I can't find one. Okay. Blake says Oceans 11. Mm-hmm. Very specific there. Yes. Now, Nancy comes in with the movie 21 about the MIT blackjack team who tried to beat the system by counting cards. There's also a documentary about it called Breaking Vegas. All I can say is too bad math was never my strong point. That's pretty funny. Uh, I remember loving... 21 when it came out in theaters i went and saw it three times really i bought it on dvd i just last week ironically enough watched it on amazon really a really bad movie (laughs) it's actually really terrible movie other than uh lawrence fishburne he he knocks out of the park so does kevin spacey but jim sturgis is just a bad actor and kate (laughs) bosworth they didn't give her character enough depth it's it's uh, it's it, you know what I'll tell you this it's on the same level as Fast and the Furious. Okay, it's okay. just kind of all about family. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Well, it did come out in two thousand eight, and it's funny how movies like we love back at a certain time as movie making progresses. What we thought was a great movie is no longer a great movie by yeah. today's standards. So that could just be that it could have been a great movie in two thousand eight. First movie I ever saw with Josh Gad. Really? Yeah. Mikey says, Back to the Future 2, of course. Of course, yeah. Vegas Vacation. (laughs) And then I love this answer, the Apple Dumpling Gang. Wow. Going retro. Don Knotts, Tim Conway. Yeah, way retro. Uh, Scotty G, Scott Gerard says, Hate to take the easy answer, but Rounders is the only answer to this. What? I don't know about the only answer. Every James Bond movie? (laughs) Uh, and a lot of people spun off of Scotty's answer there. Uh, Cougar Movement says Tombstone is better. Yeah. Feels like I'm playing cards with my brother's kids, you nerve-wracking sons of... Well, you know the rest from Fat Billy Bob. <laughs> I love that. All right, so Scotty says Rounder's the only answer. Tim, the Oceans Trilogy. Yeah. Nick says Vegas Vacation or any of the Oceans, a lot of James Bond movies also. Mm-hmm. Robert, The Sting. Ooh. Is that uh, is that Redford? Gamble, yeah, Redford. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And uh, Paul Newman. Yeah, classic. Tom Carter leaving Las Vegas. Okay. Casino. Yeah, I was gonna throw in one of those. And then my answer is Tom's third answer, which is Rain Man. You know, that's a good pick. It's such an incredible movie. Really so, great pick. David James, Molly's Game. Mm-hmm. Bucky says it, it looks like everything is taken, so I'm going to go with Johnny Dangerously. Wow. I don't know that movie. Really? Johnny Dangerously? It's a comedy with Michael Keaton. I believe what? Michael Keaton. My favorite actor of all time, and Let I've never heard of the that. movie. Uh, yep, Michael Keaton. Yeah, yeah. Comedy. Funny, funny, funny. Peter funny. Boyle. Wow. Yeah. Danny DeVito. Yeah. I got to see that. Uh, do Johnny Dangerously. Miguel says 21. Jedi Knight says Casino Royale, the worst James Bond movie ever. Molly's Game is Excellent, says Semi. The Sting, 21, Casino Royale, or Maverick, says Jake Smith. Oh. Maverick's a good Interesting answer. pool there. Never seen it, but come on, The Gambler, it's in the name, says Caleb Ian Rigby. New song? That's yeah. Kenny Rogers? It's, there's some movies. <laughs> I know. Uh, Greg says, uh, besides the ones already mentioned, Let It Ride or The Hangover. The Hangover is a bit of a gambling movie. It's Vegas. 
he touches on it. He thinks he yeah. can count cards and yeah. then just goes down and blows it. Uh, I like this answer from Lyle. Rat race. John Lovitz. Oh, wow. Seth Green. I forgot about that movie. Uh, John Cleese. Is that where they have to drive? All, they're driving all over the country, right? Yeah. Yeah, to try and uh, find the the treasure before yes. someone else does. Yes. Yeah. And there's a bunch of high-stake rollers gambling on who will <laughs> win it. Sure. Uh, Amy Smart, and that's pretty good. Jonathan says, can't go wrong with Robert Redford and Paul Newman, The Sting, the Poker, sting. and Horse Racing. Yeah. Uh, Rounders, says Kristen John. That, you know, Rounders is an incredible movie. I actually have Matt not Damon. seen that, believe it or not. John Malkovich, Matt no, Damon? I have oh, not man. seen Rounders, so you I can't comment Rounders. on that. You would uh, And then finally, uh, let's get this here from John English. He has a litany, a litany list. Oh. Casino Royale. Okay. Mississippi Grind. Never seen that. Rounders. Mm-hmm. The Hustler. The Sting. Maverick. Uncut Gems. Did you oh, see Uncut I Gems? I did see that with with uh, uh, Sandler. I was going to say Billy Madison, yeah. but yeah, Adam Sandler. I saw Uncut Gems. It took me three days to watch it. <laughs> really? Um, and then it just ends. Would you consider? I'm trying to care for you. It. Would you consider? Uh, now you see me a gambling movie. Mm, yeah. Maybe. I don't yeah. know if they're necessarily gambling, but I mean, it's magic and heists, but. And cards and Vegas and stealing from rich people. Or the uh, Magnificent Seven. Magnificent Seven, I think, would yeah. count. Yeah. How about Lucky Number Slevin? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. There's a based, lot. That's more of a revenge movie, but based in gambling, obviously. So, a lot of good gambling movies. Uh, I'm not much of a gambler myself. In fact, in Vegas, I've gambled one time. One time. I sat down. Did you win? I sat down at a blackjack table, $5 blackjack table. Yeah, those are good tables. Put $5 down. Okay. Said, hit me. Busted. Got up and left and never went back. Wow. One hand. One hand. And it took you out completely. You were done. Never doing it again. Wow. Okay. Well, I don't have money to waste like that. You know, I spent so much time in casinos when I was touring. That, That was our main stay in the U.S. That I, if I would have gambled... I would still be owing money. You'd have a problem? I would have a problem because it was very easy. I'd look at that and go, I can maybe, I can win this one. I got, I'm feeling good. <laughs> That's how they get you. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So I really had to put, like, I don't gamble at all, but I had that bug like, oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. There's a, there's a rush when you what get if? something right. Yeah. What if I, you know, what if I get that perfect I hand? can't win if I'm not in. What if it lands on red? You know? <laughs> All right, coming up next, Johnny will tell us why the Bee Gees are our soundtrack of the week as we go from the archives. Give you a li- known, unknown, and little known facts about a classic movie 10 years old or older. Yeah, we're going back to 1993 on this one. And I'll give you a hint think PK and Gordon. Oh, very good. All right, coming up next here on the Movie Zone. You're locked on to the Movie Zone with Austin Horton and Johnny Lightfoot on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Final segment this week here on the Movie Zone. Austin Horton, Johnny Lightfoot with the soundtrack of the week. Yes. Now, the this, Bee Gees. This, this song could be a little... I mean, we've heard Staying Alive in how many movies, right? So it might not be the movie you think it is, but... The Office. No. Because... You know the story there. No, I, I'm not an Office fan. Oh, there's a scene in the Office where 
uh, a first aid trainer comes in and teaches them CPR. Okay. And she says you do the the compressions to the beat of staying alive. Oh boy. And someone saved someone's life in real life by learning that? that from that episode. Wow, so you can learn yes. things from TV. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, today we are talking about one of my favorite movies from 1993, Grumpy Old Men. And Margaret. And Margaret. PK's long-lost twin, Walter Matthau. Jack Lemon. Gordon's long-lost twin, Jack Lemon. Daryl Hannah. Amazing movie. Burgess Meredith. Yes, 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 yes. And Kevin Pollock. Oh, okay, yeah. He's the son of yeah. uh, Walter. Yep. Rated PG-13, has a runtime of one hour, 43 minutes, a budget of $35 million, and a worldwide gross of $70.1 million. Okay. That's pretty good for yeah. the time. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes gives it critics 63% and what? fans give it 74%. What? I know. That is way too, too low. low for that. I think this movie is hilarious. I think the back and forth between Walter and Jack is unbelievable. I mean, let's be honest. These guys have been in a lot of movies together pretty much their entire career. And I do have a list of those. But let's go into it. This is actually the sixth pairing out of ten movies of the comic actors and great friends Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. Of course, starting with the most obvious. The Odd Couple. The Odd Couple, yeah. Which they ended up doing movies on, by the way. Yeah, that's true. Uh, after filming the movie in Minnesota, because it was in winter and it is cold up there, it was in freezing temperatures, Walter Matthau had to be hospitalized. Wow. For double pneumonia. Wow. Yeah. Glad he made it. Now, originally, grumpy old men and grumpier old men were going to have comedic geniuses dean martin and jerry lewis okay i could see that but i can't see that okay like walter and jack walter and jack are just they are the grumpy old men to me but however both of them declined because of dean martin's uh, frail health uh, which prevented him from actually taking the role martin did die in december of 95 right around the exact same time that the movie sequel grumpier old men was released in theaters now there is a after scene in this movie probably one of an early ones. It's of Walter Matthau. And this was uh, at the end of theatrical trailer. There is an outtake of him in a bathtub saying directly into the camera, quote, if I'd known there was going to be a nude scene, I would have asked for an extra million. (laughs) (laughs) The crew found this so hilarious that they ended up using it as a post credit scenes. (laughs) And now Austin, are you a fan of like movie mistakes? Like seeing like a camera, seeing a, a tech An extra guy. picking his nose. Yeah. Or does it take you out of the moment? No, I like it. I like you, it. You don't mind it at all? No, it makes no. it more real? Yeah. I know some people, they, they don't like it at all. It takes them completely out of the story. But in this movie, in the VHS version, you can actually see a reflection of a boom, boom mic in the painting above the staircase landing as Anne-Margaret goes up the stairs to the bathroom. You see it again when she comes back down. I see. Okay. I kind of like that stuff, too. I'm kind of a fan of that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm from the world of theater where, you know, you have to use your imagination. And in, and in movies, you don't often have to use your imagination they do it for you so when you see things like that you're you're like oh this is pretty cool well just so you know as we were talking about their movie career together i am seeing the odd couple 1968 as probably as far back as these two have gone together i'm seeing some 1970s some uh 71s 76s but of course i think they are most known for grumpy old man jfk odd couple grumpier old man the odd couple two should never have made that out to sea did you ever see that movie 
No, I didn't. That's where the two of them end up going on a specific cruise. That's not necessarily... <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. Okay? You with me? It probably wouldn't work in this day and age. No, no, yeah. that movie could not... No, oh, yeah. no way. Yep. No way. But Grumpy Old Man is one of those movies that if it's on, I will just watch it and laugh. And I love Burgess in that movie. I think he's so funny and just doesn't care. Especially when he comes down and it's early in the morning and uh, Burgess is at the table and I think Jack Lemmon comes down and says, what are you doing? He says, well, just let me finish uh, eating breakfast and he's drinking a bottle of Jack. <laughs> Pretty funny. <laughs> All right, there you go. That's our throwback from the archives movie Grumpy Old Men. One of those rare instances where the sequel was pretty good, too. Grumpier Old Men. I think the sequel may actually be a little better. You think so? I do. I think this is the rare occasion where the sequel is better. Well, Johnny, good show this week. Let's do it better next week. Are you saying we have room to improve? <laughs> I'm saying there's supposedly 16 new releases next week. I know. That will be a record that I don't think will ever be broken. That's pretty big. So, so rest your vocals. Rock on. Here we go. All right. Catch the Concert and Music Zone Wednesdays at 7. Thank you for promoting that. Yeah, Austin, I appreciate you guys that. are doing a good job. It's a fun show. It's thank fun you, thank show. you. And uh, we'll be back uh, if you're listening live tonight, Thursday. Thanks for staying up with us. Absolutely. Enjoy the rivalry game Saturday night. Ooh, it's a big dude. It's a big one. And we'll see you next week right here on the Movie Zone.